What's up, everybody? For the week ending February 24th, my name is Marks. This is Freedom Tech Wrap. It's a weekly source for news and project updates in the freedom and independent technology space. We live in a highly connected world. Freedom Tech lets you decide how you want to connect and where you want your data to live. Freedom Tech Wrap is an independent show, so if you want to support what we're doing, you can send us value through your podcasting 2.0 app. Your support and your feedback are greatly appreciated. And now, on to the news. First up today, we have a major update from Signal. It's called Keep Your Phone Number Private with Signal Usernames. Finally, they have usernames. If you don't know, Signal is a messaging app with end-to-end encryption. What that means is that only you and the recipient can read the message that you send. It's a popular service that has long had a, a major criticism and that is your phone number is exposed. Well, now you can set up a username to protect the privacy of your phone number. From the blog post on Signal's website, says, Signal's mission and sole focus is private communication. For years, Signal has kept your messages private, your profile information like your name and profile photo private, your contacts private, and your groups private, among much else. Now we are taking one step further, by making your phone number on Signal more private. Here's how. By the way, could they have said private any more times? New default, your phone number will no longer be visible to everyone in Signal. If you use Signal, your phone number will no longer be visible to everyone you chat with by default. People who have your number saved in their phone's contacts will see your phone number since they already know it. Uh, Then the next thing is you can connect without sharing your phone number. If you don't, want to hand out your phone number to chat with someone on Signal, you can now create a unique username that you can use instead. And then lastly, you can control who can find you on Signal by your phone number. If you don't want people to be able to find you by searching for your phone number on Signal, you can now enable a new optional privacy setting. This means that unless people have your exact unique username, they won't be able to start a conversation or even know that you have a Signal account even if they have your phone number. So those are some great additional new features. It says, lastly, right now these options are in beta and will be rolling out to everyone in the coming weeks. If you are a Signal user or have been waiting for something like this to become a Signal user, go to their website, signal.org. And if you aren't familiar with Meredith Whitaker, the CEO of Signal, she has been very vocal and outspoken about the need to protect end-to-end encryption in our communication. So I think that's great. There are uh, some great interviews that she has on podcasts and on YouTube. Uh, Signal continues to strive to be a place for secure online messaging. So go check it out. Next up, we have a competitor to Wikipedia and it's called Wikifredia. This comes courtesy of user Pablo F7Z. And Pablo is a difficult person to report about on this podcast because while I'm writing the notes up, he's already pushing another update and more code for the thing that I'm writing about. So love you, Pablo. This is great. Uh, What this is, it's an alternative to Wikipedia that uses the pull request model and the power of the social graph. Right now, it is just a proof of concept. He pushed version 0.0.2 this week. Uh, but uh, as of this writing already has another update uh, beyond this. In this update, it has a basic web of trust as well as improved mobile view of the website. So you can try it out, go create your own pages, your own articles, uh, or you can update others. 
Next up, by uh, our, our friends over at Cascader. Uh, they have released a new bot called Chadbot. You can go read about this on Stacker News. But it is an AI assistant that can monitor YouTube feeds and give you alerts, summary rundowns, and even blog post content directly to your Nostra DMs. Uh, from the post itself says, originally this was built for content creators, but they soon realized this is a great tool for consumers as well. So from the announcement directly, the last couple sprints, I have been focused on the content creators demographic. As a member of Plub Lab, I have the privileged access to numerous content creators like ThrillerX that do Bitcoin podcasts and at Bitcoin Plub Deb, who does educational content among others. That access has helped me keep a tight feedback loop and discover new ways to create value. A couple weeks ago, I introduced the Cascader YouTube agent, which is a tool that you can that can take a YouTube link and automatically summarize the content. This tool can be a game changer for productivity for people like Carr that are creating multiple podcasts, live streams per week. There's a serious strain for bandwidth and time. The tool can fill the gap in a simple and straightforward way. Chadbot takes that utility to a new level. It can monitor any YouTube channel of your choice and send you DMs directly to your inbox. This takes one more step out of the workflow and makes it even easier to stay on top of the content production hustle. I think this is really cool. Uh, he goes on to say, uh, we, we know the concept of too long didn't read, right, TLDR. Well, how about too long didn't watch? This is your solution for that. Chadbot helps you curate your information diet and be intentional in the face of the age of the digital deluge. He continues to say, how many times have you started watching a video to realize it's repeating things you already know or don't care about? Time and focus are wasted. How about the opposite case? You see some content that doesn't seem appealing on the surface, but you get into it and realize you're learning from a hidden gem. Chadbot can help you efficiently scan an hour plus long video and find the diamond in the rough. So uh, if you want to know why it's called Chadbot, you can read uh, the Stacker News post in the show notes and he goes into that. My take is that this tool really uh, is really awesome and it has potential to help me in preparing for Freedom Tech Wrap. I scour multiple sources to find like the latest news, project updates, read through a bunch of articles, uh, and then I summarize them for this short weekly podcast. I have been wanting to hire a person to help me, uh, but maybe I could just use this instead. Um, I really would like to have it feed me a list, or actually I would like to feed it a list and then have it give me relevant things to read as well as maybe give me a summary that is ready to go. I'd like to have it monitor things like Nostra accounts, X Twitter accounts, RSS feeds, both for written blog posts as well as audio podcasts, have it monitor some YouTube channels, um, and then you know give that all to me. And then I would still assemble it. I would curate it. I would add my own take on things. But this would really save me time and bring me more content than what I'm able to go out and get on my own. If you want to check it out, there is a current demo that is live on the site and free for a limited time. In the future, they plan to expand the tool uh, to handle things like RSS feeds and enable uh, delivery of uh, other media types, such as email soon. So that is cool. Go check it out. Cascader is spelled C-A-S-C-D-R, and that is Chadbot, C-H-A-D-B-O-T. Okay, we've got a news piece 
about an Exodus Bitcoin wallet uh, scam, or swindle is the word that they used. Exodus Bitcoin wallet, $490,000 swindle. This comes from popey.com, P-O-P-E-Y.com. And it's talking about the Snap store that is for downloading Linux apps and Linux software. And this is actually created by Canonical itself. So it's from a, a trusted, reputable source. The TLDR from the blog post itself says a Bitcoin investor was recently scammed out of nine Bitcoin worth around $490,000 of, as of the time of writing of that article uh, in a fake Exodus wallet desktop application for Linux published in the Canonical Snap store. This isn't the first time. And if nothing changes, it likely won't be the last. This is a very long article, so I'll summarize here. Uh, a user published a Bitcoin wallet to the Snap store using a name of a well-known and trusted Bitcoin wallet project. It uploaded screenshots and tried to make the app page look legitimate. A user downloaded it, put in their key information, and expected to be able to send and receive Bitcoin through it. Now, this user put in information for a wallet that had a lot of Bitcoin in it already. Um, and when they came back, all nine of their Bitcoin had been transferred out into uh, through a transaction that they did not perform themselves. The blog post goes into more detail about how an app was published to the store in such a way that looked like it could be trusted. Now, the, since the original article is posted, there was a follow-up that shows Canonical has actually reached out and is taking some actions. Uh, first, they started removing shady apps from the store. The CEO, Mark Shuttleworth, posted actions that they're taking internally to avoid this in the future, as well as options they have uh, for creating more trusted publisher accounts. He says, our goal with Snap should be to have the safest way to get software for your Linux system. And that means we should consider measures that are novel or different to other package hosting sites. He goes on to talk about KYC, which is know your customer. That's similar to the process that banks and other financial websites go through to make sure that you are who you say you are. He also talked about the option for proof of payment using a credit card, but that has its own problems and is easily spoofed. He also doesn't like the idea of making open source developers pay to publish if that can be avoided. So this problem is not an easy one to solve, but they are working on it. I would add in here that web of trust is one element that, that could be at play here. Uh, introducing that into the process creates an extra variable that can bring credibility to a, uh, a listing page for an app. All in all, just make sure that you know the source of where you're getting your apps. If you're knowledgeable enough, you can verify things on GitHub. You can cross-reference them through uh, their online profiles and websites for the project and uh, really just gather as much info as you can to make sure you're getting the right app from the right source. Next up, we have a crypto project. We don't really talk about crypto projects on here very much if they aren't Bitcoin related, uh, but you will see why. So this one is from the project Avalanche and it says Avalanche halts block production amid inscription wave launch. So this is courtesy of Cointelegraph and from the article, it says the decentralized application or DAP platform Avalanche had a significant technical disruption impacting the block production of the proof of stake blockchain. Let me pause here for a second. Proof of stake versus proof of work. Proof of stake is really where people don't have to perform any effort in order to control what's going on. They simply 
amass a lot of that token and now they get to make decisions for the network so it's it it tends towards centralization i'm not saying it is centralization but it really tends towards centralization when it's proof of stake okay continuing the article on february 23rd uh, avalanche's primary network experienced block production issues seemingly halting the network Avalanche's blockchain explorer showed that the last block on Avalanche's P chain, X chain, and C chain subnets was produced over an hour earlier. So, user on Noster, Bitcoin Shango, said it best. They said, if a blockchain can be stopped, it is not one you should invest time or money in. So, like I said, this isn't a podcast where we discuss other crypto projects, mainly because most crypto projects just aren't freedom tech. But if you are going to dabble in a crypto project, please make sure you understand the incentive structure and the governing structure behind that project. Bitcoin just keeps on going. TikTok next block. Now, speaking of blocks, let's talk about mining. Brains, one of the bigger miner uh, mining pools out there, Brains becomes the first mining pool to introduce lightning payments. This is from a, an, ar- an article on Bitcoin Magazine. And from the article, it says, Brains, a leading mining pool in the Bitcoin industry, has made a significant stride by becoming the first mining pool to introduce lightning payments. This pioneering move marks a notable advancement in the integration of the lightning network within the mining sector. Now, a quote directly from Brains. Our decision to integrate the lightning network comes from a deep understanding of the challenges and opportunities within the mining community, stated Christian Sespar. Chief of Propaganda at Brains, love the title. We also found from internal research with the mining community that Lightning Network was a highly requested feature. Miners really love experimenting with cutting-edge technology, and in this case, Lightning could also improve their privacy by avoiding address reuse and enabling them to take advantage of all the Lightning Network features like lower fees and no permanent information on the blockchain. To me, this is a major boon for mining and especially for smaller miners. For those who mine at home or in a small facility, they must wait long periods of time for their payouts to be really high enough to reach above the threshold that really justifies paying an on-chain fee to get your funds out. With Lightning, payments can happen anytime and have almost zero transaction fees relative to an on-chain transaction. This feature alone makes it much easier for people at home to turn on their miners again, knowing that they can get their sats now instead of potentially waiting years to get them, if ever at all. So there was too much friction really up to this point. This plays into the greater discussion about Bitcoin as a medium of exchange when it comes to smaller payments. For example, you just really won't buy your coffee with Bitcoin. Layer 2 solutions like Lightning are what make that possible. So... Please understand the risk profile associated with a Lightning Network if you decide to use it for mining payouts. It is not full on-chain Bitcoin, but it is a Layer 2 solution on top of it. Last news item for the day is a new project to keep uh, keep your eye on, really keep it on your radar, and that's zap.store, Z-A-P dot store. And this comes from user Franzap, F-A, sorry, F-R-A-N-Z-A-P. Zap.store is a place for installing Android apps that uses your social network to help you verify if the build is from a source that can be trusted. So, really interesting that this is coming uh, on my radar at the same time that the uh, 
the snap problem is happening. Zap.store accomplishes this by using your web of trust to show you who else that you already trust is using this version of this app, this uh, source for this app, if you will. So again, web of trust is continuing to become a more important metric for validating truth online. It's not the only way, but it is an important data point to feed into your personal algorithm for determining which sources can be trusted and which are giving you false information or really just flat out trying to rip you off. Okay, let's go into Boost and Zaps before we talk about project updates. On the boosting front in Podcasting 2.0, these are people who used their podcast app to send a, a tip on, directly on the, the previous episode. So first up is QW boosted 1000 sats and said, thanks for the Culture Shock shout out. V for V events are happening. Culture Shock 2025 will be next level and then a Shaka emoji. Thank you, QW. You're awesome. Joel W boosted 333 sats and Tumbleweed boosted 256 apps. Thank you. You are both awesome as well. And then over on Noster, we received six zaps uh, on the note for publishing this episode, as well as another note associated with it. And so I'm going to read through these really quick. Mike with 42 sats, Maria 2000 with 30 sats, Alex 21 sats, Sir Sleepy 21 sats, Vale 11 sats, and YD 11 sats. Thank you all. Really appreciate you all sending a little bit of value our way. And then a special shout out to Maria2000 and Sir Sleepy for sharing the podcast with all of their followers. And really, any others I don't know about who shared this, we really appreciate it. Y'all are awesome. Thank you for supporting the show. And if you would like to support us, send us a boost or a zap. And if you include a message, it will be read on the show. Let's jump into project updates. Our first one is a big one. It is Nosternest's 2.0. So shout out to Derek Ross and the team. This is a one that's been in the works for a while, and it's so exciting to see it out here. Nosternest is an audio-only streaming platform that is very similar to Twitter Spaces. And from the release, I'm just going to read a few uh, items here. Version 2.0 marks a significant leap forward. Seamless Noster integration. What does that mean? Nosternest 2.0 was built from the ground up to be a fully-fledged Noster client. Side note, Fiat Jaff a little while ago called out Nosternest asking what it had anything to do with Noster. So here you go. It's built from the inside to be an actual Noster client, enabling a truly decentralized experience with direct Noster authentication. No need for separate accounts, logins, or verification posts. Log in with your current Noster keys via NSEC Bunker or NIP7 extensions such as Albi, Noster Connect, or no store for iOS. Side note for no store for iOS, that developer is looking for someone else to pick the project up and continue publishing to the iOS app store. If you're interested, go check it out. Next bullet point from the release, discoverability and user choice. Find your favorite live audio events like never before, not only on nosternest.com, but also via a variety of Noster clients that support live events, such as Amethyst, Snort, Iris, Flockster, Nostrudel, Wearster, and more. Install Nosternest as a PWA on Android, iOS, or your favorite desktop operating system. Next item, they've redesigned the entire interface. They've enhanced lots of functionality. They've made it multilingual, so now you can run Nosternest in over a dozen languages. And really, an important part is the last bullet point. It is open source. 
The platform's code is fully open source under the MIT license. They welcome community contributions and fostering transparency. Submit issues and pull requests on GitHub to shape the future of Noster Ness. Like I said, this has been a major undertaking, and it is exciting to see it out in public beta format now. Try it out, hammer on it, and send them feedback. Congrats to Derek and the entire team. Next update, our friends over at Graphene OS have released a new update. This is 2024-022-300. This is a, uh, it has a completely new Graphene OS setup wizard implementation for the initial setup of a device, as well as a secondary user profile. It has an updated theme picker. They have improved the Sandbox Google Play compatibility and fixed a bug with uninstalling apps that were installed by other profiles that aren't the owner user. So if you're running Graphene OS, go check that out. An update from Passport. These are makers of a Bitcoin hardware wallet. Passport firmware version 2.3.0. And they call this a massive release. And really it is, because why? Well, first it has full taproot support. From the release, it says, Passport now has full support for sending and receiving using Taproot, making the combination of Envoy and Passport a powerful way to leverage the latest and greatest tech that Bitcoin has to offer. Another thing this release does is that it makes address verification easier. It says, we've improved address display based on the Bitcoin design guidelines, making it easier than ever to verify addresses on Passport. Now, this bullet point can seem kind of small and redundant, but being able to verify the address that you are sending to from your hardware wallet is really important because you don't want to have to trust that the software is passing everything through correctly. So it's really nice to be able to verify one last time that your hardware device is creating the correct transaction using the correct address. There are also many other things in this update, so check it out. And uh, they also gave a shout out to Bitcoin Design for creating open standards around usability in the Bitcoin space. Okay, we have a project that is allowing you to upload your own media for Noster. This is called Noster Media Uploads for WordPress. And this comes courtesy of user Fabian on Noster. Fabian is the creator of Noster, N-O-S-T-U-R, which is a Noster client. This lets you host your own media that you post on Noster. Now, if you don't use Noster, uh, this is uh, obviously, it, it can be used as a social network. Well, when you post images and videos and other media, uh, it behaves differently than it does on traditional ones. So let's say that you're using traditional proprietary social media sites. Images that you upload there go to the servers of that company, and then they are delivered with the content from those servers. On Noster, media is not uh, sent to the relays that host the text content that you post. So your media have to live elsewhere aside from the note itself. Many clients have integrated with popular upload services like Noster.build, or they just have their own media service like Primal does. Well, this is a Freedom Tech podcast, so let's talk about the way that you can do it yourself. You can host your own content through an easy tool like WordPress. You can run a WordPress server on your own, or you can use one of the many services that will run it for you. You can install this plugin, which is Noster Media Uploads for WordPress. And then you have your own media server for Noster without having to depend on someone else. If you plan on being a big deal on the interwebs, 
You can even scale this WordPress server quite easily to handle large amounts of load. So this is a great way to really take control of your more of your Noster experience and really your online communication. I believe this plugin lets you host media for other people as well. So if you wanted to, you can really host it for family, friends, community members, or you can even run it as a small business to try and generate some revenue. Changes in this version specifically, which is why we're talking about it, uh, they added a setting for a default tag on uploads. It shows which user uploaded the file in the media page. And then they fixed an undefined index warning for media files that are not uploaded through the plugin. This is still in beta. So play around with it and provide feedback to Fabian on Noster. Let's continue on. We have a couple clients that have been updated for Noster. Primal iOS 1.2 is now live on the App Store. From the note, it says, we bring you a much nicer wallet now with support for on-chain payments, along with several social media features and fixes. Primal has become equal parts social media client and Bitcoin wallet. We will continue to expand both feature sets in ways that integrate them naturally, offering you the best of both worlds. Primal can serve as both your daily spending wallet and your social media client. Let us know how you like it. This is really interesting because there are certain tech people that talk about becoming the everything app that does social media, payments, shopping, all that kind of stuff. Primal is doing that as well, but they are doing it with open protocols and uh, open communication and freedom technology. Very cool. If you want the full list of updates, you can go check it out. Next, we have Coracle version 0.4.3. This is from Hodlebod uh, on Noster. The changes in this one, you can create invite links, set default follows, relays, and groups in those links. And then this should make it easier to onboard friends to Noster, especially if it's uh, like a targeted community that would really benefit from having a specific setup for them. There's also support. Uh, you can support the developer by enabling zap splits. So when you zap within Coracle, you could have it also send a small amount directly to help finance Coracle development in the future. And then there are some UI improvements, including more visibility for Web of Trust. Again, we've talked about Web of Trust a few times on this episode today. This will help you identify real user accounts from spoofed ones. This is a common problem on social media where somebody will get a lot of followers and get a bit of fame and then bots will create accounts or people trying to be nefarious will create accounts that look just like that famous person and try to, to impersonate them. So, and, and trick you into maybe signing up for their service or somehow getting money from you. So Web of Trust is one way to help combat that. Now on the hardware wallet front, we have Cold Card Q version 0.0.6 beta. And the release notes for this are BIP39 passphrase process completely streamlined. It has batch signing when there are two or more PSBTs on the storage card. This stands for partially signed Bitcoin transaction, which is an essential part of multi-sig wallets, and then bug fixes and other minor UI improvements. The service KYC not got an update. This is from user kycnot.me on Noster. And KYC Knot is a website for finding places to exchange Bitcoin. It also has Monero on there, which I consider to be a freedom tool as well, although it does have its drawbacks as sound money when compared to Bitcoin. 
from the blog post that says there are UI improvements, also a terms of service summarizer, which it goes on to say, a significant upgrade is the terms of service summarizer or reviewer. Now powered by AI, GPT-4-Turbo, it efficiently condenses each service's terms of service, extracting and presenting critical points, including any warnings. Summaries are updated monthly, processing over 40 TOS pages via the OpenAI API using a self-crafted and thoroughly tested prompt. And then it also has Noster comments. It says, I've integrated a comment section for each service using Noster. And lastly, it's updated the database, scoring, listing pages, API, and much more. Um, I really think the terms of service summarizer is pretty awesome. And they're trying to use uh, you know, a freedom tech version of, of an LLM to do that. But really helps break through all of that legal speak and let, let us normal users know really what we're signing up for. Now, I always caution people that they should really understand the privacy profile uh, of the places where they are buying and selling Bitcoin. This site gives you lots of really valuable insight uh, into making that informed decision. So check out kycnot.me and check out the new features there. Our last project update today comes courtesy of Fiat Jaff, and it is called Follows. And the address is follows.noster.com. Follows is a place to recover any lost follow list that you have. Uh, over the course of your time using social media, you start to follow certain people, you unfollow some people, you really craft and curate your experience. Every once in a while, especially when you're dealing with new clients and new technology, you might lose the people that you're following somehow. There might be some kind of data loss. Well, this website, shows you a list of Noster accounts that you stopped following recently. So you can uh, potentially add them back. It gives you a chance to follow them again without having to like manually just notice that that person disappeared or you know having to track down all those people again. So if you feel like you have uh, had a problem with who you're following or you really just want to see if you accidentally stopped following some people, go over to follows.noster.com and you can log in with a, uh, a, a Noster extension for your browser and see what it shows you. That is it for news and updates this week. This is Freedom Tech Wrap. If you find this weekly source useful, please share it with your people. You can also support us through Value for Value in your podcast app or on Noster. If you have any feedback, send it our way on Noster to marks at nosterplebs.com. To close it out, we have the song of the week where your sats directly support that artist. So stick around and boost. For the rest of you, thanks for listening to Freedom Tech Rap. And remember to live independent. Later. The song for this week is one I discovered a couple of days ago. To give you a little insight into my process, I'm always searching for great music. People will share things with me, or my kids will tell me about something, and I also just listen to a lot of new music playlists. Lately, one of my favorite spots is the radio feature on Wavelake. I'll be in the car wanting some music, and I will just launch the app and hit the radio button. 
when I hear a song that I like, I hit the heart button to save it to my library. And then when I'm at a spot where I can take a bit more time, I will zap that song. Now the zap amount that I put in is usually more than the equivalent of what would be like one US dollar. So this process reminds me of buying a single MP3 track back in the day when we used to do such things. Um, except this time, most of the money that I'm spending on that single track goes directly to the artist, which is super cool. So with all that said, I discovered this song the other day and the vibe just hit me. It hit me just right for how I was feeling at that moment. I like the style of the vo vocals. I like the guitar. I like the tambourine that comes in, adds a little bit of spice to it. So from the artist Longy, this is the Jack and Jill Blues. Well, I looked one way, I got everyone to stay. How I turn hot and cold, make a statement or two bold. How those eyes will roll. Now come on, let's take a stroll. Six, seven, eight. Open up the bloody cases now. 